So it's rice, it's a whole massive tin of corn. I just really felt like corn today. Uh, you know what? I wasn't I haven't thought about corn in ages. I'm so happy to have it in my life. It isn't so good. Yeah, I always forget about corn. And one tomato, a bunch of sweet potato leaves in the garden. Although as always with sweet potato, you think you made too much and then it just shrinks down yeah. to the size of a thumb. Chilies from the garden, salt and pepper, and eggs. Well, thank you so much, Joe. <laughs> Fuck you. No, thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you so much, Joe. You provide. You provide for this podcast. You know, this podcast would be fucking starving without you. This podcast would be a sad little orphan child on well, the side of the road. Well, welcome right, to season we two. Okay. Oh. Should we say what we are and what we're doing? <laughs> season two, episode seven, it's Sugar Facts. Hey, what's up? I'm Brian. I'm Joe. And we're excited to be here. Let's try to sound like each other. I'm Brian. It sounds just like me. Do we sound the same? <laughs> I'm I'm Joe. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Maybe I'll just get a sprinjalico. Yeah, the warm up. Yeah, the warm up. That was good drinking. It's so yummy. It's good. It's good for your. Uh, it's good for your 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 introverts. Yep. And you know what? You're extroverts. It's good for your extroverts. It's good for your uh, stay-at-homers. What do you reckon? Don't bit of, do it. Don't bit do of a it. fruity, Don't fruity do cocktail. It. Don't do that. Apple juice in Malibu? That's like the first thing they teach you in bartender school. I never went to bartending school. Don't. I went to university. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, well, I didn't go to either. So who's laughing now? Still me. Whiskey and coconut rum? <gasps> that sounds insane. Good. That sounds crazy. That? That's wild. Fuck it, we're doing it. Well, wait, hold on. Let's let's do this correctly. Okay, so this is season two, episode seven. And as always, I'm sure that you guys have grown used to this by now. This is Mexican Cups. We're doing Mexican Cups. Brian has hidden something cool and groovy under one of these shiny, shiny cups. Or have I? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I suppose we haven't entertained the notion of doing nothing. And then I'm going to, I've spun around the cups, who knows where it is, and I'm going to open my cup and have a look. Do I see it? Do I not? That's only for me to know and maybe for you to find out and also Brian to eventually find out. All right. Also, I won the last one, just for the record. Okay, yeah. I've also won the last, like, three. You won three or something like that. I'd have to check the books. I think I've got one up on you. To be honest, I'd have to check the books. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. Got to be a little bit more careful with Mexican cups, all right? Joe's playing fast and loose with the rules here. How? What did I just, just do? The way, just the way that you position the cups. You always accuse me of cheating. Can here's you, the thing also. Hey, cheetah boy. Can yeah. you close your eyes? Cheetah boy. <laughs> okay, so, so, so Joe's looked under her cup, or right? Yeah, I looked under my cup, yeah. Okay, what did, what did you see? I'm not Describe telling it. you. I'm not telling you. But if you had to. Um, I'd say at first... I thought it was like a pen. You know what I mean? I don't know what you mean, no. Well, it kind of, that's why I had to like look close, like, what is it? And then I realized it's not a pen. Hmm. It's what it is. It's kind of like the most unpen like object that there could be, though. So that's yeah. interesting. Kind of like the opposite. Are you throwing me up? It's kind of like the opposite of a pen. What are you talking about? Okay. This is all information. Let's move on. 
You know what I like? I like how shaken your confidence is because you lost last time. Yeah. This is a different, this is a different Joe. Is it? Yeah. So tonight we are talking about, and this was Brian's, Brian's idea. Mm. People who fucking went for it. And you know, that's open to interpretation. People who went for it. I'm going to talk about Stubbins Firth, but with two Fs, like Colin Firth. Is Colin Firth with two Fs? Nope. Colin Firth has one F. This is Stubbins, already a shitty first name, Firth with two Fs. I kind of like that. I wish I had two Fs in my name. Your last name starts with a C. So Stubbins Firth was a trainee doctor in America in the early 19th century. Is Stubbins short for anything? It's a funny name, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's kind of a, it's cool. Yeah, you really, you'd, you'd be saddled with that name though. Like that's, there's a lot. Yeah. So he was an, a trainee doctor in America in the early 19th century. Uh, his theory of his like career or whatever when he was a trainee doctor, his theory was that yellow fever was not contagious. Okay. Because he, he saw that there was a drop of cases in the winter and a spike in the summer. So his idea was basically like, oh, it's like the heat of the summer that makes people sick with yellow fever. It's nothing to do with contagion. Hmm. He was practicing in the early 19th century. And just before that, in 1793, uh, the yellow fever epidemic was so severe in Philadelphia that it killed up to 5,000 people, which was about 10% of the population at the time. Damn. Uh, the causes of the disease, of course, were unknown. So Firth set out to prove it is not contagious. It was not contagious. So how would you do that? If you wanted to prove that a disease mm. was not contagious, how would you do that? I would find someone who had the disease, for sure had the disease, mm-hmm. and then I'd rub them up against people. Right. I'd, find a, I'd, I'd rub them up against people. Right. Which, you know, he kind of did that. But yeah. He actually, you know what, Brian, you know what he did? He went for it. <laughs> Brian, uh, Firth, Firth chose to bring himself into direct contact with bodily fl- fluids from people that had become infected with yellow fever. First, he made cuts on his arms and smeared the vomit from infected patients into his cuts. Oh, my God. It just gets worse. That's disgusting. Then, And he, like, describes it as, like, black vomit. It's, like, black oh, vomit because it's yellow fever. Awesome. Then he poured some of it into his eyeballs. As you would. Then he fried the vomit mm. and inhaled the fumes. Oh, my God. When he still wasn't sick, he drank the vomit undiluted. Ugh. Isn't that... Ugh. Oh, just to think about it. I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I'd rather drink black vomit than normal vomit. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't even think about it too much. Um, he also spread blood, saliva, and urine from infected patients I mean, across at, at his that body. point, why not? <laughs> not even come this far. Um, he still didn't contract the disease and so concluded that yellow fever is not contagious. Huh. However, it later emerged that his samples had come from late-stage patients who were no longer oh, contagious. Shit. So he did it for nothing. And it wasn't until six decades later that any real breakthrough on the disease was made with Cuban scientist Carlos Finlay discovering the link to mosquitoes. So yellow fever is spread by mosquitoes from person to person. It's, so that's, that's not contagious. It's not human to human contagious, right. but if like someone's got it down the road, it You're can spread kidding. to you because the mosquitoes are in the same area. 
Well, yeah, but well, I mean, define contagious. I mean, that's like saying like, a, like bullets are contagious. Like if somebody shoots someone down the road and then they walk up the road and shoot you. Right. Oh, do you want to take on the Oxford Dictionary? <laughs> um, of a disease spread from one person or organism to another, typically by direct contact. It's contagious between mosquitoes and humans. So fuck you. I don't think that's. That's correct. It's the dictionary definition. I don't want. I don't know what you want me to say. No, I don't think you've read it right. Of, of a disease yeah. spread from one person, one or, person, or, or organism, one organism to another to organism another. To, the, to, to to the same. So, if okay, so if a mosquito, yeah, maybe, maybe, if a mosquito had a bad cough, then he could infect another mosquito with his bad cough. I don't know. This this seems weird though. I don't. I, is, so is malaria contagious? Okay, I see where you're going. Right. All right. The point is, stubborn's first. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I feel like I did something terrible he, there. He I'm smashed sorry. vomit into his eyeballs. Yeah, he did do that. For nothing. None of what I just said takes for away any of this. nothing. I don't know how we even got on this contagious thing. It's, it's, it's not even I don't the know, because he was trying to prove. He was trying to prove that it wasn't contagious. And you're like, well, you know. I mean, he kind of did. Yeah, kind of. It was so. It was worth it. Well, it was more just that when it came, it came out that the samples were from late stage patients. Anyway, so it was like not valuable. Here, here's the anyway. thing: if if he had if he had swallowed the vomit of an Ugh. early stage patient, would he then have got the disease? No. So it is not contagious. Yeah, that's true. Tuberculosis is not what we're talking about. Yellow fever. Yeah. Is what we're talking about. Yeah, and it is not contagious in Brian's definition. You've heard it here first. So go out there. Hey, guys, tell your friends. Yellow fever is not contagious. Get together with a bunch of yellow fever people and rub up against each other. You'll be fine. <gasps> and you might make a new friend. Hmm. Okay, your turn. That what was it? Got? What have you got? That's a shorty. The okay. next two are li- little meat here. Okay. Now, it, uh, it's up to you whether we want to take a quick train ride to Joke Corner <laughs> Before we get to this, it might be worth be it. It might be worth it because the because I I have a feeling. What's his name? Bernard. What? Bernard Lemon Tree. Oh, Mike Stubbins Oh, Sorry. Bernard Lemon Tree. I think so. Bertram. I can't. Bertram Lemon Tree. Bertram Lemon Tree. He he's provided some some apropos jokes for us tonight. If you're too slow, I'm gonna eat it. Well, just save me like two spoonfuls. Okay, go on. You know what you could do? What? Well, you, you tell me. Do you think mixing whatever is under that cup that you looked under, do you think that would add any kind of flavor to that rice? Maybe. Huh. That's an interesting answer. Depends if that's like what you're going for. Okay, I've got my information. Let's do it. Choo-choo! Hey, gang, this is Bertram Stubb. Ah, oh, shit. Alright, choo choo! This is Bertram Lemon Tree, and I brought along, as always, my trusty realtor. Ha! I'm Barbara Lemon Tree. Nope, that's my sister wife. Fuck. <laughs> Who am I? I'm just the realtor. You didn't write. I'm the realtor. I'm not the same as Barbara Lemon Tree. No. Oh, I knew that. Ha! I'm the realtor of Comedy Corner. What can I do for you today, sir? Well, we'd like you to take us on an excursion through the land of jokes. Okay, sure, but. I've not received any fucking guidance of what I'm supposed to do here, so I'm reeling in the dark here. Okay, well, just you just jump on board. All right, come on in. 
Oh, who's doing the inviting? No one knows. All right, here we go. Choo-choo. Joke corner. <laughs> who's doing the inviting? Here we go, joke corner. Oh, what's out here on the right? Well, tell me. Okay, off to your right, you'll see the joke in, in, in its native bloom. Oh, my God, it's a sarcasm. Show show us what we got, jokes. Corner. Show us the jokes. Oh, gee whiz. I really love spending time with you, Mr. <laughs> Lemon Tree. That's what everybody says until they get to know me. And then, and then it's a lengthy divorce. Oh, no, I was just talking about the sarcasm, Connor. Oh, no, those are sarcasm falls. They've been dammed up. sarcasm falls. <laughs> They've been dammed up. Okay, what did the Scottish cannibal... What oh. the fuck are we trying to achieve here? Just <laughs> some jokes. Joke corner. I don't know the rules of comedy corner. There are no rules. Wow. Why did the Scottish cannibal live on a sugar plantation? What? Why did the Scottish cannibal... Oh, it's a joke. Yeah. Dude, why? That's the whole point I thought point you were talking about your bit. story. Well, why would I take us to joke corner well, and not giving up on it deliver any, any so bad. fresh, exciting new jokes? All right, Why? Why did the Scottish cannibal? Yeah, why? Cannibal. Why did and the Scottish it, cannibal, cannibal live? Because he had a sweet tooth. See that? That's not bad. So that I can feed my lads with molasses. <laughs> oh, uh, see, it's kind of you know we're making rum. Yeah, molasses. All right. Uh, what does What's over there on the left? Oh, right. Is it if a you, better joke than we just heard? If you, everybody, please take a, take a gander off to your left, and you'll see one of the rarest of sights. What? It's a cannibal joke. We, we just heard it. Let's move on. No, we didn't. What? There's another cannibal <laughs> There's joke? another one. What does the cannibal get after a one-night stand? Uh, a leg over the... A, leg, a spit roast. <laughs> All right, this is Why a family is show. Get? This is a family show. What does the cannibal get? Breakfast in bed. Oh my god! Ew. <laughs> All right, let's keep on going. Choo choo choo. Choo choo choo. Let's uh -oh. hope it gets better up ahead. Uh oh, we're going through the tunnel of no return. <laughs> what do cannibals eat to freshen their breath? Young people. Mentos. Mentos. All right, that's like not even that clever. Who'd we bring with us on Joke Train? She doesn't seem to be enjoying herself. Oh, we brought Penny the Party Pooper. Penny Party Damn Pooper. It. Did, how did Penny Party Pooper get on the train? We've got one more joke, and then this train is going to plunge off a bridge. Thank God. Why? Well, this is topical. Yeah? Yeah. Let's hear it. Why did the cannibal die of COVID-19? Why are they all cannibal jokes? Is it just Google cannibal jokes? No, you will find out. Um, why did he die of COVID-19? Because he ate a, a patient. He ate the dirty lungs. Yeah, this is not really a joke. It's just a clinical description yes. of what happened to this poor cannibal. We're just reading out the patient file. Why did the cannibal die of COVID-19? Well, because he, was he wasn't wearing a mask. He wasn't wearing a, a mask and he didn't keep social distancing. Social distancing. And uh, he contracted and he was uh, intubated. And you know what? He fucking eventually succumbed it. to his disease. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He was a Trump supporter, so go fuck him. And you know what? When he died, he had one family member on FaceTime. That's it. Woohoo! Choo-choo! Woohoo! That was Joe Corner. Comedy Corner. Actually, too many... 
handshakes. Oh, God damn it, Brian. Let's not do comedy corner again. <laughs> All right. Tell me about your story All right. well, of someone that bloody went for it. No, some of the bloody went for it. This is a guy named Tarare or Tarare or Tarar. <laughs> Great. Good. Good opening. <laughs> Call him whatever you want. Make sure that you get those words in that order, though. Tarare. 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 Let's go for Tarare. Tarare? Okay. Um, this guy was born in 1772. Wow. With a name like that, I thought he was like a millennial. This is my son, Tarare. This is Tarare. He's into, it's a, a Tara, spelt backwards. He's into artisanal glass. And his favorite language he's learning is Portuguese. He's learning Elvish. Thank you. <laughs> That's funny. Um, he was a French showman and soldier. He was noted for his unusual appetite and eating habits. Oh, he's a cannibal. Yeah. He was able to eat vast amounts of meat, and he was constantly hungry. Oh my god, he's a zombie. From an early age, he was insatiably hungry and cried for food, even if he just finished a meal. So, you know, problematic little he baby. Was fat. Fucking hungry all the time, yeah. Uh, when he was 17, he ate all the time and he ate vast amounts, but he was kind of, but he was emaciated. Right. He was just skin and bones. Did he have rabies? <clears throat> well, this is what he did at 17. He snuck into the village barns to eat the livestock's feed. So he would just eat the chicken feed and stuff, right? And he had this unusually large mouth. Ew. And he was always sweating. And he emitted this. Is this this a fake story? No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm not doing that anymore. It's not even worth it. Go on. He was always sweating and he emitted a putrid stench. Okay. Okay, I'm not impressed. Whatever. I'm not buying it yet. Go on. Jesus. This is why you don't lie, apparently. <laughs> oh, because it comes back to bite you. Apparently yeah. there are consequences to being a lying You're sack of shit. So his body was uh, disgusting. <laughs> his skin had uh, to stretch to incredible degrees to fit all of the food he shoved down his throat. Uh, when he ate, he would blow up like a balloon, especially around his stomach. And then, But shortly after that, he would step into the bathroom and release nearly everything. Leaving, leaving behind a mess that the surgeons described as fetid beyond all conception. Wait, the surgeons? Well, so, you know, he eventually went to see doctors and right, stuff. Right, he didn't mention that. Uh, when his stomach was empty, his skin would sag down so deeply that you could tie the hanging folds of skin around his what waist like a belt. His cheeks would droop down like an elephant's ears. His butt cheeks? <laughs> it's just his face cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> An sudden, a sudden perk an of interest. Elephant, elephant's ears just dangling around here. His little thighs. <laughs> his butt cheeks? Was it his butt cheeks? Now I'm interested. Is this is this a, is this a story about big butt cheeks? Butt cheeks? I love it. I'm in. <laughs> I told you we should have done more butt cheek stuff. <laughs> These hanging folds of skin were a part of the secret of how he could fit so much food in his mouth. His skin would stretch out like a rubber band, letting him stuff whole bushels bushels of food inside of his massive cheeks. It's a horrible life so far. So far, not going great. It does get worse. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just just consuming that much food. Apparently, it, you 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 emit an awful smell. Mm. Yeah, this is what one of the doctors said. Um, he often stank to such a degree that he 
he could not be endured within the distance of 20 paces. Ooh. Yeah, that's gross. It was always on him, the, that horrible stench. Um, his body was hot to the touch, so much so that uh, the man dripped a constant sweat that stunk like sewer water. And it would rise off of him in a vapor so putrid that you could see it drifting around him, a visible cloud of stink. I'm going to be so mad at you if this is not true. How the fuck could I make this up? I don't know. That's disgusting. Anyway, his parents couldn't provide for him, and he was turned out of the family home as a teenager. Obviously. Mm -hmm. You have to do it. No. Go do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. No one ever said you have to unconditionally love your children. Chirare, you're too much. You're too much, buddy boy. you stink. You stink to high heavens. He traveled France in the company of a band of thieves and prostitutes before becoming the warm-up act to a traveling charlatan. What was his act? Stinking? Well, you'll see. In this act, he would swallow corks, stones, live animals, and a whole Mm? basket full of apples. Mm? So it's like a freak show thing, right? Live animals? Yeah. How do you swallow a live animal? You just unhinge your jaw, apparently. Oh, stuff God, it down your throat. I hate this whole thing. <laughs> All right, go, go on. All right, I'm not done yet. God, he's like an anaconda. He then made his way as a traveling uh, showman himself, so he became a showman. He fell in with a band of prostitutes and thieves. All right, I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you ever mention about the prostitutes and the thieves? Um, yeah, so these guys, they would put on acts. Uh, well, so while, while he was putting on acts, uh, the, 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 the thieves would pickpocket the oh, audience. Oh, you know. Uh, he was the star attraction, the incredible man who could eat anything. His massive, deformed jaw mm. would swing open so wide that he could pour a whole basket full of apples down his mouth and hold a dozen of them in his cheeks like a chipmunk. But That's the crowd crazy. loved it. The crowd loved it. I mean, it was back then. Apples were small. Animals were small? Apples. Oh, apples. Yeah, probably, right? So it's like grapes? <laughs> <laughs> huh? These are, so someone describing his act said uh, he, sees, he would seize a live cat with his teeth disembowel it, ew, suck ew, its blood, and eat ew, it, leaving the ew. bare skeleton only. Oh, I hate all of this. He also ate dogs in the same manner. No, On one occasion, I it was said this. that he swallowed a living eel without chewing it. No. However, the money dried up when the French Revolution began. Okay. So, oh, motherfuckers. Yeah. So the French Revolution began. Well, the dogs were lucky when The dogs, it was a happy, happy time for the dogs of France. So obviously, people weren't in the mood for traveling sideshows. He became a soldier. The problem with that, though, he was chronically ill from compulsively eating stray cats and non-food items. Uh, The field hospital reluctantly fed him quadruple rations until one of the generals um, figured out a way that they could use him. Because all he was doing is just eating all their fucking food, right? Yeah, he's literally bad for the (laughs) country. So he approached Terare, Terare about being a spy. So he said, look, check it out. If you swallow this box of military secrets then you can uh, you can be a spy for us okay so he, so he oh, like a put text. a note he put a note in the box and then this guy swallowed it and then uh, he said go across the right the lines to the Prussian lines and deliver this message to so and so how are they gonna get back how was, how are they how was he gonna get back how is the, how are they gonna get the message back no he was gonna take the message across the lines in to his somebody. stomach yeah he swallowed so, a box and what they waited for him to well, yeah, out box? shit it out yeah uh, he was captured right away. Within 30 hours, he was captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was stripped, searched, whipped, and tortured for the better part of a day before he gave up the plot. So he, he in wow. time, he, he just broke and he told the Prussians about the secret message hiding in his stomach. So they changed, they chained him to a latrine and waited for hours. 
Um, he had to sit there with his guilt and his grief, struggling with the knowledge that he'd let down his countrymen while he waited for his bowels to move. Christ. When they finally did, when he finally expelled this thing, the Prussian general um, found the box. Right, so they knew <clears throat> they expected this or something? No, they just caught him and then they beat him and they're like, what the fuck are you doing over here? Because uh, he doesn't speak Prussian. Right. He's clearly a French spy. Why would they rifle through his shit? No, he told them. They beat him up. They're like, oh, why are you a spy? You. And he said, oh. oh, I swallowed a box with a secret oh, message. okay. And then they were like, okay, well, we're going to wait until you okay, have it. a bowel movement. Got it, got it. Um, so then the box came out. The note, however, just simply asked the recipient to let them know if Terare had delivered the message. So the guy that gave him the secret mes- me- mis- mission didn't quite trust him. Oh, he was just, trust- just experimenting. So he was like, okay, go. And then, and then the idea would be like the person that was intended for would find it send it back, and then the general would be like, okay, now I know. He's done it, yeah. yeah. So he got all that shit for nothing. Oh. Yeah, this poor guy. So they dumped him, um, the Prussians dumped him to the, over to the French lines. Um, he returned to the military hospital. So then he was like, he, he was done with his whole situation. He, he, yeah. he wanted to find out a cure, find out what the fuck is wrong with him. Mm. So he submitted to all these procedures he was treated with laudanum, tobacco pills, wine vinegar, soft-boiled eggs. You know, it's whatever. It's 1700, you know, 1700. Yeah, just not real science. <clears throat> None of these things work. They couldn't keep him on any kind of controlled diet. Um, he started drinking the stored blood Ew. of the other patients. Uh, <clears throat> he nibbled on the dead people in the morgue. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, God, this is horrible. It's really, really horrible. Finally... Like he was so hungry that he was eating the dead he people? He just had this insatiable appetite. Jesus In other Christ. words, he went for it. Yeah, you're right. He went for it. <laughs> and then what happened? Well, the, finally what happened was, so in the hospital, you know, there's the morgue and stuff. There was this 14-month-old uh, infant that went missing, and they suspected him of eating the child. <laughs> A baby. And he never denied it. <gasps> so they chased him out. <sighs> and he kind of disappeared for a few years. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Imagine he just, knowing your baby was probably eaten. Yeah, that's oh, fucking horrible. Oh, God. This story's fucked. It's really fucked. How did you find this? People that went for it. God damn it, Brian. All right, go on. Uh, anyway, he, he disappeared after the baby thing. He disappeared for mm. like four years. Then he showed up in Versailles. Uh, he had severe tuberculosis. And then he, he kind of died after this lengthy bout of um, exudative diarrhea. Exudative okay. diarrhea, if you don't know. Do you not know? Okay. Because I didn't don't know either. It's like normal diarrhea, but you got blood and pus. Ew! <laughs> oh, my God! Yep. Shit, Brian. This one's one of the worst ones. It's horrifying. We've lost listeners. Oh, for From sure. From mine to yours. <laughs> this is, we might as well have called this like people who like had fucked up bodily function shit. Oh my God. So he died. He just died. We still don't know what was wrong with him? No. All right. My second one is some a story about a man by the name of William Lee Bergstrom. Or the suitcase man, or the phantom gambler. Have you heard about this guy? No. On September, how did he go for it? He fucking went for it in this particular way. 
On September 24, 1980, Bergstrom arrived at Benny Binion's Horseshoe Casino in Las Vegas with two suitcases, mm. one containing $777,000, or that's $2.4 million in today's money, uh, in cash, and the other suitcase was empty. Benny Binion, the owner of this casino, had a policy of honoring a bet of any size as long as it was the player's first bet placed at the casino. Bergstrom, who remained anonymous at the time, placed the full amount of money on a single bet of dice. Mm. At the time, it was the biggest bet ever in casino history, in gambling history. Just and it on, was still on, on one of the biggest one throw of on the- a On a dice. It was, the game was called Don't Pass the Line or something. Mm. So it's like, um, it's out of two <clears throat> rolls. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, Bergstrom won. So he he made his money back in profit. Just two rolls. So he like doubled his money, basically. Yeah, it's like two rolls. The shoot the shooter established a point of six, then sevens out of two rolls later, resulting in seven hundred and seventy-seven thousand dollars profit or two point four million dollars profit for Bergstrom. I'm so confused. Yeah, I don't understand the game either, but it's called Don't Pass the Line or something. Okay. It's like they roll the dice twice, and if he wins, he wins. Point is, he won. Yeah, so he walked he in with, an, with a suitcase full of $2.4 million and an empty suitcase. Binion helped Bergstrom stack his winnings into the empty suitcase, which Bergstrom took and disappeared. Mm. Bergstrom then disappeared for the next three and a half years before returning on March 24, 1984, to place a more than $500,000 bet again on a single roll of dice. He won again, took his mother to a show, won an additional $100,000 on three more craps bets. Dude. On November 16, he returned and placed a million-dollar bet with a suitcase filled with more than $500,000 in cash, $140,000 in gold Krugerrands, which Mm. are gold coins minted in South Africa. You know that already? Krugerrands, yeah. Krugerrands, and uh, more than $300,000 in cashier's Mm. checks. Again... Bergstrom won the don't pass. However, the shooter won, the shooter threw a winner seven on the come out roll. Look, I don't know what this means. What the hell does any of that mean? I don't understand. Basically, <laughs> some shit, and then uh, it it turned into a million dollar loss for Bergstrom. Oh, shit. So he won the first roll, but lost the second so one. He's so he not lost a, all he's that not money. A, uh, cheater. He's not a cheater. This is the story. Apparently, Bergstrom had borrowed most of the money for the first bet. And intended to commit suicide if he lost. Mm. So he just was like, fuck it. He was so fuck it mm. with his life mm. that he's like, I borrow a shitload of money. Mm. I'm going to place it all on like the roll of the die mm-hmm. and either kill myself or go for it. But he, of course, won that first bet. Yeah. Traveled the world for several years <clears throat> before he eventually returned. Cool. So I read this newspaper article from 1985, uh, which said that Bill had spent his last five years of his life going to yoga retreats in the Bahamas and Canada, traveling around Europe and Asia, living in Thailand and Hawaii, and he traveled around America by limousine. The summer before his death, he and his partner traveled around the West America's West in a motorhome with a satellite satellite dish, a safe full of cash, and a Cadillac in tow. Damn. He committed suicide in 1985 what? by swallowing pills, but it wasn't because he was broke. He was still more than $600,000 in the black at the time of his death. Hmm. His 
suicide note explained that it was triggered by a breakup with his partner. Oh, it wasn't his partner at the time, with a man that was 10 years younger than him. So basically Bill was gay. Right. And when he was like traveling around and, you know, traveling around America and whatever, he traveled with a male partner. Right. When, what year was this? In the 80s. Okay. It was the 80s. He went through a breakup with a man 10 years younger than him and killed himself. Uh, a friend interviewed by the newspaper said he did not want to be alone. That's what all of those parties were for. Bill wanted to be loved and wanted to love somebody. Oh, man. Yeah, that's and that is Bill. William Lee Bergstrom. He fucking went he for it. He did go for it. He's, he's, that bet is still one of the largest bets in like recorded really? casino history. Yeah. Wow. I'd like to talk about an entire culture that went for it. Oh, cool. Mm, it's not yeah, going to be that cool. All right. I'd like to talk about the Guangxi Massacre. Ew. Uh, you know anything about this? Oh, this is the culture that went for it. Oh, man. This is the culture that went to it. Went for it. It's going to be sad. This is the Guangxi Cultural Revolution Massacre. It was a seri- I've never heard of this. Okay. It was a series of events involving lynching and direct massacre in mm. Guangxi during the Cultural Revolution, whose dates, lest we forget ran from 1966 to 1976, a mere 10 years. So Guangxi. Guangxi. I have it in Chinese if you'd like. No. She like West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guang, I don't know because it's a simple Right above Nam. Oh, Guang. Right above Nam? Yeah. Viet? Yeah. Borders Viet. Okay. Uh, The methods of slaughter included beheading, beating, Live burial. Ugh! Stoning. What the fuck? People drowning. Just lost their mind. Boiling, disemboweling, mm. and more. In certain areas, including Wu Xuan. Uh, I don't have the Chinese here, so I don't know exactly how to read that. Wu Xuan County and um, Wu Ming District. Massive human cannibalism occurred. Ew. Even though there was no famine at the time. Because that's been a thing in China in the past. Massive famine resulting yeah. in cannibalism. Yeah. At this point in history, there was no big famine, and yet there was cannibalism. They just wanted it. According to public records available, at least 137 people, perhaps hundreds more, were eaten by others, and at least uh, thousands of people participated in the cannibalism. Other researchers have pointed out that in one county alone, 420 people had been eaten. And there were reports of cannibalism across dozens of counties. So many people eaten. A lot of fucking people. (laughs) Although the cannibalism was sponsored by local offices of Communist Party and militia, no direct evidence suggests that anyone in the National Communist Party leadership, including Mao Zedong, endorsed the cannibalism. Right. Well, he was never going to make a speech in favor of that. Yeah. Here's what I want you to do. Go out and eat each other. Fuck it. Mao's got his little endorsement stamp. Just like, bang. Bang, bang. Eat your landlord. Redistribution of wealth. Bam. All right. So this is the historical background. Would you like some of that? Sure. Okay. Of China. 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 In 1966, Mao Zedong launched the Cultural Revolution. Yes, he bloody did. Yep. So there were two factions. I haven't even got that far in my book because I cannot <laughs> Jesus, see Jesus, really? So, since March 1967, there were these two factions. They, they formed among the troops and the civilians in Guangxi. This is where the cannibalism, epicenter of cannibalism. Oh, God. So, there was there were the violent uh, struggles between these two factions in Guangxi. You following this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
sorry, I guess I should tell you the names of these two factions. I thought I could get away without it, but I think it's going to be important. What? Yeah. We'll okay. See. So the okay. So sorry. There's two factions. What are you looking at? Moving closer because the fridge started making a noise. What? You hear the freezers making a noise. And you're moving closer to it? To you. Oh. Hear what you're saying. Oh, sorry. All right. You're freaking me out. I feel like I either look at you as Why you're are you paying attention? Yeah. I look at you as you're talking or I don't look at you as you're talking. And either way, I'm in trouble. <laughs> what the fuck are you Christ. doing? Pay attention. Stop looking at me. Stop it. Why are you looking at me that way? That's my f- paying attention face. God damn it. Well, it's creepy. Ugh, <laughs> Get a new face. Oh, look there. Well, then that's going to freak me out. All right, let's get through this part. Come on. It's just the historical background. Do it. Okay? Anyway, look, I can sum it all up for you, all right? There were two factions in Guangxi. One was this way, the other one was the other way. <laughs> right. <laughs> they fought against it each other. It sounds like factions. Yeah, factions. Right. They splintered into pieces. Got it. Fought against each it's other. factions. And factions. Okay, let's get into the more interesting thing, the methods of killing. Ugh. So, in this massacre, well, the massacre, by the way, between... The two, the two fac- factions. Sons. Two factions. In the massacre. In the massacre. In the massacre, methods of slaughter included. Why are you. Well, let's go. There's some other things, though. So, in addition to the aforementioned beheading, beating, live burial, stoning, drowning, boiling, boiling. Yeah, that's fucking gross. There were group slaughters, disemboweling, digging out hearts, livers, genitals, oh. slicing off flesh, blowing up like with blood, dynamite. Blood and, oh, God. Well, it's a massacre. In one case, according to official records, a person was bound to dynamite on the back, so had dynamite strapped to their back, and was blown up into pieces just for fun. To be fair, that's a pretty good way to go. Blown I take up. that over a lot of the other things you just described. Genital Having a, mutilation. My, like boobs cut off or whatever. Yeah. And like, um, was it Taiwan or China that did the death by thousands cut? That shit? was like a Chinese thing. That's that a Chinese, Chinese thing. thing. I could deal with that, I feel like. You would die, dude. People die from that. Really? You would be fine. For three days, we tied to a stake, and people just come up and cut pieces off you. Oh, they cut pieces off you? Yeah. I thought they're they just, just like, gave you tiny little cuts. You. They're like cutting bits of your flesh out. Oh, well, that would suck. <laughs> That's what you're like, I, could I deal, had a very I different could deal idea. deal with that. It's like, no, you couldn't. I thought it was death by a thousand, like, paper cuts. No, they're like <laughs> hacking at you. Yeah, well, fuck that. Yeah. All right, I remove my, I disvolunteer myself for that. Max. Take off death by a thousand cuts from Brian's weekend plans. I'm not doing that, apparently. All right. In another case, a geography instructor named Wu Shufang was beaten to death by students uh, at the middle school. His body was carried to the first, uh, to the flat stones of the uh, Chen River, where another teacher was forced at gunpoint to rip out the heart and liver of the other guy. This is all that crazy shit, isn't it? Where we still don't really have names for war crimes where you force someone to do something to the other person. I mean, you, you're you innocent. Yeah, if you're at gunpoint told to do this shit to you're, that other you person. You should not be held accountable. There's not that. like, but we don't have words for that. We don't really have language for that. Yeah. Like, uh, I remember learning about this at uni. We were talking about like gender-based violence and how we still don't have words for like 
siblings forced to rape each other? Mm. Is it rape? Is it mutual rape? Like we don't oh, have, we don't saying, have right. language for that. Because it wouldn't be rape. Right. But they're like kind of raping each other, but it's not a perpetrator. You know, the perpetrator yeah, yeah, is someone that's not even touching them. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, just to bring it, yeah, bring, bring something fun and cool to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you about the teachers who had to rip each other's fucking heart and liver out? That's fucked. You know what happened after that? What? Uh, the pupils barbecued and consumed the organs. They had to, or they no, they did to? that. The students did this Jesus to the teachers. Jesus Christ! I mean, I've had some pretty shitty teachers, but not. I've never wanted to do that to, to do a that. teacher. Yeah. God. So, yeah, thousands of people participated in the cannibalism. Um, there were documents that recorded a variety of forms of cannibalism, including eating people as an after-dinner snack. Oh, God. Slicing off the meat in big big parties. Oh, my God. It's like a pig roast. Dividing up the flesh so each person person could take a large chunk this home. This is probably how animals look at us, though. Well, well that's what... That's like, what, if, if you're a cow watching yeah. how a barbecue oh, yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. that's what that barbecue... That's what a barbecue is. You bring... Everyone brings their own show. little bit of meat yeah. to the barbecue and everyone goes home with a little bit of meat. Yeah. And then and then, and then then gets all, like, foodie about it, too. Like, oh, oh I've done oh. mine on a hickory, on a hickory, yeah, you know, Yeah, I've put mash. barbecue sauce in my... God, I really love how tender yours is. Yeah. Yeah, I pounded it first. Like, just, ugh. I mean, there's just so many. I mean, it's just a litany of just people eating each other. Oh, God. I know I'm kind. Of, I'm getting kind of like overwhelmed by reading. It's just. It's just a lot of instances of this. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's these witnesses. You know. Okay, I'll, I'll read a couple more. Um, Don't hold back. You can always cut it out later. I guess. Yeah. Max can always cut it. Max out later. can cut it out. Well, there's an interesting book. Maybe we should get and read at some point. Um, it's called The Scarlet Memorial, Tales of Cannibalism in Modern China. I would be interested in yeah. reading even That's more about cannibalism. Room. Yeah, you're right. We should read it. Do we already have a book list of books that we plan to read? We should get that going. <laughs> if we don't already. We don't have enough things that we do. <laughs> should we just write a fucking book? Let's just write, it. Let's just write a novel. Right, let's write a book. <laughs> On the list, <laughs> we kind of called the right all together. It would be like a, like a, a non fiction. Oh, I would like that. <laughs> this one lady had to, uh, she's a uh, this, these are the witnesses, okay, mm-hmm. in later years. So in 2013, Yang Li Ping, she's this famous Chinese dancer. Um, she said that she had seen cannibalism during the Cultural Revolution. She stated that I'm pessimistic about humanity and pessimistic about humans Mm. because we have been through the cultural revolution. We have become very alert. I am very alert, alert like a peacock. (laughs) Personality. Be careful because humans are the most horrible animals. Yeah, we are. Otherwise, Michael Jackson wouldn't have died. What? I'll read it again. She brings. Be careful because humans are the most horrible animals. Otherwise, Michael Jackson wouldn't have died. Okay. She brings Michael Jackson in. She's, it was 2013. She's seen people fucking eat each other and now suddenly old silver gloves got something to do with that. She's a dancer. Oh, I forgot that bit. I saw people eat people and people hurt people just like nowadays. Nowadays, people can hurt you anytime, yet they don't even know why they hurt you. I think her, I think her point, okay, look, for people that are like uncritically really, really into Michael Jackson... He was like this, like you know, messenger of peace and bringing people together. Right. So I think that's and her he was point. Like, like down by the world. even Michael Jackson, you know, Michael Jackson wouldn't have died if right. the world was wasn't like such a, a shitty place. Yeah, yeah. Be a fair. Right. 
All right, you that do was your, thing. your that was your China just going for it. China went for it, man. They fucking went. For Ate it. a bunch of people. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really fucked up, but we should get that book. Okay. You so UK, did. did I did I brush you through that? No, I felt like I said what I needed to say. <laughs> I felt like I said what I needed to say. Yeah, okay, good. Um, keep eating your dinner. There's plenty left for you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Have you heard of Carl Tanzler? Radiological technologist. No. I don't even know what a Radiology technologist. Oh, like a dating thing? No, radiology. Uh, Born in Germany in 1877, Carl Tanzler had many aliases, one of which was Count von Kosel. Okay. It's foreboding. The idea that he's like Count von Kosel just like suits this whole thing that I'm about to tell you. Yeah, okay. In the spring of 1930, so when he was like, what's 1877 to 1930, it would have been like 60 something, 50 something. Okay. Uh, he was working as a radiology technological list technologist. There we go. What is that? He was working as a radiology technologist at the Marine Hospital Service in Key West, Florida. Like he's like managing the X X-ray machines and making sure everything like oh, okay. radiology, X-ray stuff, just making sure that the technology works. Is that what a radiologist does? A radiologist will read the results. They can interpret the results. Of an X-ray. He's a radiology technologist. I assume he's like the back end. Oh, okay. So he, he's like doing repairs on machines. Plugging the machines in, mm-hmm. turning them on and off okay. again. Yeah. Trust me, it's not that relevant. <laughs> there. <laughs> there. But how much do you think a radiologist makes per year? <laughs> Enough money to do all this crazy shit that he does. What do you think their favorite? What do you think oh their my God, favorite food uh, is? <laughs> there, he came across and became obsessed with one article said smitten, but like this is like way beyond smitten. He became obsessed with a young Cuban American woman by the name of Maria Elena Malagro de Hoyas. De Hoyas. Mm. Hoyas. Tansler claims to have seen the girl in his dreams or a vision. She's literally like his dream girl. Wow. Uh, and he was like, she's she's his destiny, this girl. There were just a few problems. Okay. Uh, he was like 50-something-something, something, mm. and Maria was 20 years old. She was dying. Tansler already had a wife and two kids, mm. and Maria wasn't interested in him. <laughs> There's a couple hurdles. couple hurdles just lying in his way. <laughs> So, Tanzler set out to save her life. Cool. Uh, he experimented with concoctions and different methods. He set up an x-ray machine in her parents' home to monitor her progress. What was she dying of? Um, I don't know exactly what she was dying of. Sorry. Again, it's not that relevant. Presumably she, something a radiologist could have. Right. Something on the lungs or something. Okay. Uh, she still died, sadly. Mm. And Tanzler offered to pay for her funeral as well as a stone mausoleum above ground that he had built especially for her. Mm. He kept the keys. He then visited her in the mausoleum every night for two years. Mm. He sang songs to her and conversed with her. It was in those two years that he claimed her spirit came to him and asked him to take her away from the grave. So he did. In April 1933, Tanzler took Maria's body from her grave and rolled it to his house on a toy wagon. His new life began. He lived, slept, 
danced and cared for her corpse as if she was his patient. Oh. He pulled all, all the stops to preserve her body from decay. He used coat hangers and wire to keep her skeleton intact. I can see now why you chose obsessed rather than smitten. He's fucking nuts. For this I've got lady. this uh, crush. Yeah. You know what? I've got <laughs> feelings for this person. He used silk towels and wax to repair her skin when it was decaying and glass eyes for her eye sockets. Wow. He used his, he used a gifted wig for her head. He also covered her body in disinfectants, preservatives, and perfumes while also planning to launch her body on an airship into space so that the radiation in the stratosphere could help restore her body. So then presumably he was going to get the body back. To who? No, I mean, when he launched her in Oh, right, space. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this sort of pipe dream he has mm-hmm. of launching her in space. It's not like he had like a spaceship like, right, ready. Right, right. But I, he was like working on this like theory that if he launched her into space, the radiation would preserve her body. Okay. Guess how long he did this for? 30 years. Okay, well, seven. But <laughs> God damn it. What's that called? Fuck. There's a word for yeah, that. Yeah, that's the like one-upping yeah. or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seven? Oh, seven. Whatever. Right, whatever. Why even talk about it? Uh, in 1940, one of Maria Elena's sisters heard rumors of Tanza sleeping with the body of her sister, uh, and he'd been seen dancing with it in front of a window. Wait, 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 wait. Her, wait, say that again. So her sister, after seven years. Maria's ship, sister. Yeah, Maria's sister. Uh, heard rumors that he was sleeping with uh, the body okay. of her sister right, right. Uh, and dancing with it in mm. front of a window. Mm. Uh, so she went and confronted him in his home. Maria's body was later found by authorities. Tanza was arrested and Maria's body, basically the whole thing became like this spectacle. Yeah. Maria's body was placed on public display in a local funeral home, which again just like doesn't seem yeah. respectful, uh, where it was viewed by <clears throat> some 6,000 people. That's fucked, man. Before being returned to the ground in an unmarked grave. What? Do you see what it looks like? This is uh, basically what? like, this is, this is him and that's what Maria looked like when she was found. Oh my God. She's like, he turned her into a doll. See, he looked like a fun guy. Uh, yeah, the short shorts. Yeah, I think that little shock of white hair, and I think he looks like a fun dude. What, like what was the fucking cr- what was the crazy. crime? What was the oh, crime? Look, he built this airship. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, he fucking built this airship. What was the crime? Thing is crazy. Well, this is it. Carl Tanzler faced no criminal charges for grave robbing. It would have been oh, grave, grave robbing. robbing, as the statute of limitations had passed. So if you're going to rob a grave, don't get caught. Just get away with it. Yeah. Uh, and while the general public sympathized with him, mm. saying he was a romantic, not everybody agreed. <laughs> um, an autopsy on De Hoyo's body found a paper tube inserted inside her, confirming rumors of necrophilia. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty fucking gross. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Imagine just being her family, man. Like, mm-hmm. that's just like, ugh. I mean, she was dead. She wasn't, she, it's not like she suffered, but still. However, the reason, I'm not trying to defend her. Wow. All of a sudden, I'm like, that's not not in the script too. It's not like I made this note to be like, and here we just try to be balanced and defend his like fucking a corpse for seven years. Joe comes out in favor of necrophilia. Yeah. Surprise. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for part two. (laughs) Where Joe does necrophilia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Put Um, it on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. 
Put in our stories. You know what? Put in our stories. <laughs> probably. Um, however, the research reporting, the autopsy findings, didn't really surface until years later. So mm. Tanzler didn't really face any repercussions about that. Uh, by 1944, Tanzler had moved to Pasco County in Florida near his wife. <laughs> of course. Near his wife, Doris, who later supported him. Oh, really? So I guess it was separated. Like, there's no way she was, like, living in the house in his room. I hope not. But she later supported him. There, he made a replica of Maria's body using a death mask and a life-sized effigy, eventually dying in 1952. He just couldn't get over it. He... Fucking loved her. Did he? And then this, well, sorry, was obsessed with her. And this one article was like, well, in a way it was self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like she was his destiny and she is the thing that made him like infamous. You know, he's now known as this guy because of Maria. I'm so so confused though. So he dreamt about her first and then saw her. Or is that just like I think he like saw her and then just was like, oh, right. I'm dreaming about her. I'm seeing her in the Right, shows. right. Like, I mean, this is, she was obviously like beautiful. You know, that's a photo of her. Yeah, well. It's not quite how she looked when they found her. I just, you know, you always, I always wonder when, when you hear stories about this, especially when it's drawn out over a long period of time. Yeah. Was there ever like a moment, you know what I mean? A moment when he's like, He's like, wait, am I still doing like, this? Like, am I fucked up? Yeah. Like, I wonder, too. I, am I actually completely out of my fucking mind? Or was mind? he, like, schizophrenic? And so, for him, it was, like, a genuine, authentic relationship that he had with this. I mean, that kind of obsession, you know, here's the thing, right? Like, that is no really that much different than, like, some crazy stalker person that ends up killing a person. Yeah. You know what he, I mean? He at least would kill For him, it's like, you know, you can, you can, if you want, you can put this veneer of, like, some twisted romance on top of it all. Yeah. But to me, it just, it's just, it's just like, oh, thank God she was dead. Because if she wasn't, he probably would have fucking killed her. Right, right, right. He would have right? kidnapped her like, and then she tried to get away. That level like, of obsession is yeah. not But the cool. thing is, like, all of us are kind of trapped in our own minds. Yeah. And so you're just... If you had the urge to do something like that one day, like, you'd probably... To do what? Fuck a corpse, man. (laughs) I'm saying, is it that bad? No, I'm kidding, obviously. But just, I'm just saying, like, he, in his own mind, what he was doing was completely rational. Like... He was doing what he needed to maybe, do. Maybe, or maybe don't he was tortured. we all just do that? I, I mean, don't fu- I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not right. saying I'm that saying, either. I'm I saying- don't think I'm emotionally stronger that if I start having urges, like fucked up urges. To fuck a corpse. I'm just saying I don't, I don't have the urges. So how can I like oh, no, no, imagine no, 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 no. what it's like? I know. What I'm saying though is that I don't think that... It, I think that's a very benign way of looking at it. I'm not talking about the morality of it. I'm talking about his state of mind. Oh, sure. I would imagine that that I would imagine that there was probably moments of great sort of turmoil in his mind. It'd and be very interesting. Like just what I was just talking about, huh? I said it'd be very interesting screenplay. <laughs> Should write about it. No, yeah, I I think you've got an, a great point. Did he ever like go and look at what he was doing and think like? Oh when people doing? look, when people are addicted to substances or, act, or or behaviors, it isn't just like "woo, I love this." Sometimes it definitely is that. Yeah, he's like, but there are moments where you're like, "I'm fucked." Right. Like I need to get my shit. Maybe together. like 
Especially in the beginning when he's like visiting her at the mausoleum and he took like a week off because he was like, this is madness. Right, like, yeah. And then that week he like dreamt about her every night. He couldn't stay away. Yeah, he's, he, like, he's got a compulsion. The only thing I can do is to be near yeah. this woman. Right. But based on nothing though, that's, that's the other thing. Like it'd be different. Honestly, in my mind, it would be different if they had been married for like 20 years. Right. And then and she died. And then he was like, I can't fucking cope. And then he, you know what I mean? This is just like walking down the street and you're like, check out that ass. Okay, I'm going to devote my fucking life <laughs> to this, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, get a fucking grip, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? He just went for it. He right? did He did he absolutely go for it. He fucking went for it. All right, so what do all these have in common? We have this dude. Yeah. Dressing up corpses, possibly having intercourse with them. You had your dude who ate babies and animals. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly ate a baby. baby, Singular, not babies. Couldn't stop eating and smelled terrible. Smelled terrible. We had the culture who lost their collective mind and just ate each other. I feel like instead of saying culture, we should say region. Fair enough. brink of suicide that he was like absolutely fuck it bet two million dollars right yeah. on a coin toss it's interesting that all of the stories we both chose none of them are particularly none of them are positive at all no they're all really dark well then my third guy was just rubbing vomit in his eyes yeah yeah we yeah, did yeah. we went well it wasn't like you know this is steve jobs story of right how he created right apple <clears throat> Yeah. That's what I wanted. When I came up with this Yeah, when we topic, talked about this last week, it was positive stuff. It was meant to be yeah. like musical stuff or something. I was thinking of like some old lady who like got turned to 65 and was like, you know that's what? I'm going to be was. a concert yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be an actor. Yeah, that's what it was. It was like people that went to like crazy career changes yeah. and shit. Oh, well, you know what? I wasn't interested in that. I know. I, that's what. That's where I was having a problem because a lot of the time I was looking for stuff and you get these weird like... Oh, corn in my pocket. <laughs> go eat it. Yeah. Eat it. How did that end up there? That's so weird. Is that like current corn like or is that old corn? No, it's new corn. Don't eat. Don't it's be. Don't dinner. be eating old corn. Now. It's dinner corn. <laughs> is it dinner it's corn? Dinner corn. I don't know where that corn's been. My pocket. Mm, just been in your pocket. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, um, that that was that was dark good. Shit. Dark shit. Yeah. We maybe need to examine our own psyches. Yeah. Or not. Maybe we shouldn't go too close to the fire. No, no, no. Stay away. Let's finish off Mexican cups. Yes, wrap up the episode. <clears throat> Do the rum. Do the rum. Cool coats. Okay. Thank All you. right. Mexican cups. All right. It's time has come, ladies and gentlemen. I, as the cupper, will move the cups to the relevant position. I have a cup facing Joe. I have a cup facing me. The question is... You don't want the segment to be a five-minute no, right. segment. I have a decision to make. Yes. <laughs> well, we start at the Mexican cup scene, and you're like, just keep in mind, we don't want this to be like a massive five-minute yeah. thing. And now we're coming to the big Draw reveal. Fucking Brian's on his high horse. It's like, <laughs> all right. Well, let's remember that I won last week. Oh We're seeing quite a new side of Joe, aren't we? I'm over it. Well, wow. It's it's honestly painful to watch. It's not, I'm taking such little pleasure in this. Some, for sure. But not as much as you'd think. Just um, fucking do the thing. I've made my decision. Yeah? yeah. You made your decision at the beginning of the game, didn't you? We'll see. Okay. I've made my decision. What's that? 
I am not going to change these cups. Okay. All right. Really? That's your choice. I know. All right. Let's go. This is a terrible moment right now. Check it out. Lift your cup up. At the same time. Okay. Yeah. One. Two. One. (laughs) Fuck you! That was good. Well, you know what? You know what? It's good to see you happy again. (laughs) Damn, the fucking energy level uh, really raised a lot just now. I'm happy. I'm happy that you're happy again. Well, because I won again? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. My rightful really, place. Damn it. You fell for the pencil did you, shit. Did you think that I was going to switch? Yeah, because my pencil light was so bad. I know, but in my head, I was like, I don't know, I don't know why this I thought you didn't have it. a much more comfortable lead. <laughs> Joe, four, Brian, two. How do I have two, to you be honest? You won twice. Have I? Must have. Okay, I'll take it. Gladly well, taken. God, I've like beaten you down so much you didn't even believe you could have won more than once. <laughs> oh, you get the fuck over yourself. <laughs> cool. My excelling in this game has discouraged you so much. Anyway, uh, what did you win, Joe? Share with the audience. What is what is I your prize? I want a piece of wood. She got a piece of wood. Which I feel like it's not fair. You're supposed to put something desirable under there, but whatever. You can keep this wood as a fucking. So do I want to do it? I'm gonna burn it. Save it. Can't wait to do this thing. Okay, okay let's okay. wrap this up. Lead the way. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, you go. All right, so that was episode seven, season two, in the bag. Thanks tick, for tick, boom. Sorry. <laughs> You're like, like all right, I was just, I was really on a roll. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> and and you know the worst part? Yeah. I interrupted it to say tick, 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 boom. tick, boom. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for that. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. Feel free to leave a comment. Not going to push it, you know, whatever. It'd be great. I'm not going to beg like I have in the past. Yeah. If you want to leave a comment, cool. I may or may not read them. Hmm, we'll see. <laughs> and that... Thanks for listening, everyone. ...is almost that, but here's a teaser for season two, episode eight, where we will be discussing... Eyebrows. Eyebrows in the Middle Ages. Medieval eyebrows. Here we go in three, two, one, go. So they were full of AIDS. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I've heard that they were full they of were AIDS. AIDS-filled eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> Just crawling with this stuff. Yeah, and I mean, they tried so many remedies. Just you know, there was the pig shit craze, right? Remember and the, then the honey phase that was a bit nicer. I liked when they overlapped, though. There was a little yeah, bit of overlap. Yeah, like one of eyebrow pig shit, shit, one yeah, eyebrow yeah, yeah, honey. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Still AIDS. Still AIDS, though. It didn't cure AIDS. Still AIDS. Medieval eyebrows. AIDS. Okay. All right. And that well, was just that was a taste of what, what we'll be talking about. Can't wait to talk about that next week. Okay, guys. Thanks you. And thanks. Thanks. Thanks to you. Thanks to us. <laughs> Thanks to us. Thanks to us, primarily. And you know what? Share us among your friends. Share us amongst your friends. Like us in real life. Do all this stuff. Do the things that you do so well. Hit that like button, but also subscribe and follow and all of the stuff and the things. Bye. Bye.